0: Check, check, mic check. 60 Show, presented by Maxis Tires, tires 100%, goggles, 100% Goggles, Decal Works, decal work. Get data, data, and Vertex. 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 I'm, I'm X. 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 taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis.
1: Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody! Fly Racing Moto 60 Show Wednesday Edition. Wednesday Edition. I got to go in early to the race, uh, doing something with Feld. Tomorrow, so I had to change my flight, so hence the Wednesday edition of the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. 702-586-7857. Give us a call if you want to uh, talk about really uh, anything on your mind when it comes to Tampa this weekend, round two of the 2 of the East series, uh, of course, and uh, the 450 series is heating up as well. Eli Tomac with that clutch win in uh, Houston. That was a great job by him, and Sexton was was so good. So please give us a call, 702-586-7857. We are giving away... I said 100% goggles and a Fly Racing set of kinetic mesh gear as well. Super stoked to do that. So gear and goggles to give away. Thank you to Fly Racing, whether it's the Formula helmet, whether it's the Patrol off-road gear, whether it's the Evo line of their Moto gear. Fly Racing has you covered head-to-toe. Zone Pro goggles, FR5 boots, that Formula helmet. Look at it online, look at the Rion technology, look at the uh, Conehead EPS system they have on it, look at the different price points and, the, and, the, and the, uh, everything else, and you'll see that it's the, one of the best helmets out there, man. It's absolutely incredible, it's quiet, it's lightweight, it's super safe. Yeah, if I, uh, if I had a choice, I'd be putting myself in one of those Formula helmets, they're great. Uh, so thanks to the folks at Fly Racing. When it comes to Fly, you're looking at um, um Hawkins running it right now. Uh, you're also looking at RJ Hampshire on the west. You're looking at uh, a bunch of dudes out there in fly racing, of course. So please check that out if you can. And thanks, thank you to fly racing. Uh, JB, still rocking it, of course. Thank you to the folks at Get 100%, Maxis, Plum Creek Funding, Decal Works, Vertex Pistons, all on board with us. Uh, Maxis Tires, MXSTs used by uh, A-Ray out there. What an LCQ that was on his Maxis Tires And uh, great mountain bike tires as well, light truck tires. Uh, They got the range of stuff that you maybe haven't thought about Maxis for a while. Well, check them out, man. Maxis.com for more information, and uh, we'd appreciate that. We got phone calls, lines are filling up right now. Uh, Kellen Brower and uh, JT calling in to talk about Tampa and more. So thank you, uh, people, for listening. Uh, The folks at Get and Athena doing big things out there, the ECUs, four strokes and two strokes, CDIs for two strokes, ECUs for uh, four strokes, the data logger, the RPM dashboard, factory Hondas uh, using this stuff, like literally the 250 uh, winner, Hunter Lawrence, The points leader, Jet Lawrence, using the GET ECUs, using the uh, data loggers, using the RPM dashboard, and then the RPM dashboard also used by Sexton and Nichols as well. So really big things for those guys, and uh, they're crushing it in the world of electronics. If you want a deal from the folks at GET and Athena, uh, email us using the contact form on pulpamex.com. We'll pass that on, and the folks at GET will give you a Pulpamex deal. So that's super awesome uh, of that side. So uh, also, uh, as I said, Kellen Brower, Jason Thomas coming up. Taking your calls over there, holding things down. He's coming in on a Wednesday. He was very amendable to that. He didn't even hold me over the barrel or ask for different terms or anything. The Tits Legend, Tits, what's up?
2: And I get to golf with Debbie on Saturday. Is that happening?
1: Are we going to do that? Um, like you'll allow her. There might be fees associated with uh, pick okay. up and drop off yep. of that. Okay, all right, I expect. But else, I'm know. very
2: much looking forward
1: to this. Actually, right. well, now the more I think about it, you make it, her so. hit. You make her hit from the manstees, like I do. Oh yeah, yeah. No,
3: we're playing he, from the tips. Yep. So yep. yeah, absolutely. There, there's no
1: advantage, yeah. and I'll
3: I'll take your place.
2: I will play her competitively. Yes. No. And the whole thing, yeah, it'll yeah be good. yeah. And, and watch
1: I'll... watch her drops drops. watch her watch drops, her drops no, yep.
2: no foot wedges. And I'm in the show on Monday, so I can have a full, full report. Uh, accounting of things.
1: Sounds good. Thank yep. you for that. I Wonderful. appreciate that. Uh, 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Uh, let's get uh, Kellen Brower on the, uh, on the show, shall we? Kellen, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming on. Uh, thanks for uh, everything you're doing for RacerX Online also and RacerX Magazine. Start your systems. Big start your systems guy. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. big day! <laughs> so,
1: I was asking you—you're a master of these motocross video games—and I was asking you about the new Supercross game, and you're sort of like, "Eh, same, same gameplay." Basically, it's not out yet, but it's going to be the same gameplay, uh updated riders and bikes and all that kind of stuff, but same gameplay.
2: Yeah, a little bit. We're going to be able to drop some footage on it tomorrow on our Star Your Systems YouTube channel, so people can go check it out and and watch it for the first time. I mean it. It's kind of the same thing every year. It's the same thing with like a, a Madden or MLB The Show type of game. The gameplay is not going to change a whole lot from year to year, but they're making small adjustments as it goes along. And so You're going to get, see a lot of people saying that it's the same thing, but I do think there's a couple of things that are a little bit better, but it's just a slow burn and slow process to get there.
1: All right, perfect. Well, bring back ATV Fury, man. Just bring it I back. Know,
2: right? Yeah, let's That's just it. do that.
1: Uh, all right, let's start with Houston. I mean, let's start at the obvious place for you. And Tom Vial, let's just start <laughs> yeah. like right there. MX2 world uh, champion. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, look, I had heard from some people that would know that he was not good at Supercross a few months back. It, it, it was a bit of a struggle. He was catching up. He was learning it. You know, all of that. Uh, Work with Mike Brown down there at Baker's Factory. And then I talked to Brownie. I don't know. Was he at Anaheim? Uh, or was it before then? Um, I don't remember, but I saw Brown. So, oh, Maybe World Vets. He was at Keifers. Anyways, okay. he's like, Yeah, no, he's good. Uh, he's getting it. He looks great. Uh, whoops are still not great, but he's on par with everybody else. And I'm like, Okay, well, that's good. He's got it. Well, led some laps, led a couple laps, uh, looked a bit tired, went down, but Vialwa opened some eyes. There's no doubt.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And to, I guess, echo your what you're saying is, I mean, we, we filmed with him. I think it was the second of him riding supercross he was out at the ktm tracks here in marietta and we went and did like a cover shoot with him because he was a, a feature story in the magazine and so we filmed with him and we watched him ride a bunch and they have two tracks there in marietta on the little pad that they have close to the ktm facility and he was riding uh what i think most people kind of say is like the husky pad and the whoops there were massive and he crashed in them while we were filming we didn't get it on camera But what struck me about him that day was even though he didn't look good and comfortable on the bike just yet, he got back up and hit the whoops even harder after that. So it wasn't like it scared him out of it or he was nervous about it. It seemed like he was determined to fix whatever he did wrong, and Browning was out there that day giving him advice and stuff. So when he came back out for the KTM team intro, I think that was like maybe a month after that, yeah, he looked a lot better. He looked like he had went to Florida, worked on a lot of stuff, got better in the whoops It's still going to be. I think kind of slow build for him there, but he definitely better in a short amount of time. And uh, we were, you know, we were up in the press box with Adam Wheeler, and he said he's a fast learner. Yeah, and he gets things going pretty quickly. He was. I mean, he jumped out front and looked totally the part of a guy that's raced plenty of Supercrosses. Could have fooled me that it was his first one for sure.
1: Yeah, he was. He was really good. Speaking of first ones, we got Deegan and Hymas and uh, Hawkins. Uh, let's start with the one who didn't make it though. Caden Braswell, Loretta Lynn's Horizon Award winner, riding for Phoenix Honda. I mean, I think most of us had him in the main, right? Like, not a a great start. I mean, it's fine. He'll be okay. Like, he wasn't on the level of Deegan and Hymas by any means. Supercross isn't his thing. Uh, But uh, are you surprised he didn't make the main?
2: Uh, Yes and no. I mean, I I think that he will be a, a consistent main event guy as it goes on a little bit. But I think that compared to those other guys, I think he maybe had a little bit less prep when it comes to getting ready for supercross testing and riding and everything like that. He's kind of been jumping back in between doing some amateur stuff still. And uh, I I just don't think that he really was fully ready to go. This, So I wasn't exactly shocked to see him not make it, but I I, I think he's going to get better. I think he got the talent to, you know, build and and get better each week. I don't know that I necessarily think that he gets right in this week either. I think that there's still some things he's got to pick up on, and he's got to avoid some other first-turn crashes and other things that he also got hung up with this week. I think he crashed on the first lap of the LCQ. So it's just making those little adjustments to not get caught up in those things because these races come at you so quick. And I think that with him, even when you watch some of the motos that he did at Loretta, it was like jump sprinted. It was a, he was kind of like a slow builder even in that regard. kinda reminds me a little bit of Enzo Lopes when Enzo Lopes got – You know, it's pro. A lot of the, oh, he's got 20 in him, but let's see how he does in a four-lap or five-lap race. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something he's got to learn a little bit.
1: I talked to somebody who was, like, not stoked on Talon Hawkins' chances as a pro, thought he was getting thrown in there a little early. Um, Not a, you know, but the team had no rider. Uh, Jalik Swole broke his arm, so they kind of needed him to step in and do it. And then a tenth at the opener, I think this person's probably pretty surprised. Like, they were not, Stoked on Talon Hawkins' uh, pro chances. Uh, the kid looked pretty good, though.
2: Yeah, and he got better all day long too, which was really cool to see. It seemed like he just found little things to work on in each session and and tried those adjustments. And um, you know, kind of a similar thing with uh, Hawkins doing some testing, maybe October-ish, late October. And he even to me was like, "Yeah, I'm just getting my feet wet with this." He, so he has a little compound out here in Temecula. And he kind of has a super cross E track that he's been riding on to some degree, kind of similar to what Deegan was doing. Uh, but I think that once you actually hit whoops that are big for the first time and everything, life comes at you a little bit quicker. So I, I again, like Vial, Hawkins was way better than I expected based on what I saw back in October. I think he's had a really good, sharp learning curve. And just like Vial, I think the whoops are still going to be a little bit of a problem area. But to see him build each session was really, really promising because I said that Ryan mindset to be like oh I, I can do this now I just got to do this a little bit better and suddenly I'm a top 10 guy and suddenly I'm a top 5 guy uh, so I was really impressed.
1: Yeah and Deegan of course got a little bit of help to get fourth but man he was good like endurance was good speed was great I mean he, he was loose in practice loose out there uh, but uh, when it came time to get it together he really did uh, Hayden was the real deal because more than anything for me Kellen like I don't care about all the YouTube stuff and, and the haters and the people that have all these opinions. Like, you can tell, late in the race, his lap times were good. He was charging. He's a racer. And that, that tells me all I need to know. Like, the kid works hard. That's it.
2: Yeah, 100%. And that was actually my big takeaway from him was we know the speed's there. We know that he's going to be really fast and probably a future champion. But to have the almost veteran mindset to just lapse off, and blow yourself up and just go out there and crash on lap three. He he did everything right, I thought, being steady, being consistent, putting laps in that he knew he could do comfortably and do comfortably for fifteen minutes. If you go back to his heat race, I don't know if you saw, but you know, he started in I think eighth in his heat race and he really quickly made a lot of passes again to get into fourth and passed mm-hmm. Jeremy Martin and he was flying. And then he was like, All right, maybe I'm going a little bit too fast I gotta check myself here a little bit and back down. And that to me showed a really good I guess like mindset to know that there's a way to get through a super other than going as we can until the very end so that you actually make it through the night and don't get hurt and like these other amateurs and, and rookies uh, continue to build so that you know they don't overtake him because he's sitting on the sidelines uh, hurt
1: yeah absolutely hey your phone's breaking up a little bit so oh, move, move around somewhere uh, yeah. yeah he was good and uh, uh got a start and ran really well um the future's bright for all these kids. It was really impressive. But speaking of kids, the opposite of kids, Jordan Smith, Max Anstey. Uh, yeah, second and third. Max qualified fastest. Um, I don't – I mean, look, Max is a – this is a privateer team. Um, Marty's doing the motors from what I understand. Um, yeah, I think – I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of still – I need to see it again from Max for some reason, Kellen. How sold are you uh, on this Max Anstey speed and – you know, runner-up spot and all of that.
2: Yeah, it was surprising. Um, maybe uh, Lewis Phillips would have keyed us into this a little bit more that we knew that this was coming. But, yeah, because he, yeah, he, yeah, he didn't know.
1: Yeah, because he didn't know. He's just claiming uh, it.
2: right? I know. He's just yelling and screaming about how great everything is in the press box, and we're like, calm down. We we, we don't know anything yet. But, uh, yeah, he was really good. Uh, I was impressed to see that he went fastest. I, I don't necessarily look at Max as a guy that, I look for in, in terms of raw speed. So for him to go fastest in qualifying, definitely kind of opened my eyes a little bit to what that program is doing and what Max himself is doing to be ready for this championship. Uh, maybe it's a situation where, you know, he feels like he has a lot of experience compared to some of the guys that he's racing. And he's going to give everything he can to try to win a title because he has more experience than anybody. Like he knows exactly how to get from point a to point B in terms of a championship picture which he's already seen in the GPs, which he's seen over the years. Uh, now he's won an Australian title. Like these things that these other guys don't have. Hunter Lawrence has you know, been close to championships, but not quite. And Jordan Smith has crashed away some championships, but he hasn't really pushed it all the way to the end, like we've seen with Max on a couple of occasions. So I think that that's the biggest key with him is that he knows, maybe this is my last chance to really get something huge ticked off the box in terms of a career perspective.
1: So you didn't really say it in there. Uh, can he win? Like, is this real? Yeah. Is this real?
2: Yeah, I, I think he can. I do. I think that he, based on what we've seen at the opening round, is going to need a little bit of help in terms of Hunter Lawrence not starting up front because Hunter was really good. And I think Hunter, similar to Jet on the West, had a very measured race where he knew how much he needed to go to win that thing. But I do think that if you have a situation where Max can hole shot or start up front, and Hunter doesn't, that Max can get far enough away. I, I don't think that there's any question that he knows how to put 15 minutes together at pace, and I think that if you give him enough gap, anything's possible.
1: Twelve years after debuting in the 250 series, he, he wins a race, right? Crazy. Yeah. I know. Jeez, I, I'm, I'm not with you, though. I'm not. Um, really? I, I'm. Tr- I need to see it again.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, Lewis is going to well, fight you this weekend. Though. There's always the
1: opening <laughs> opening round stuff, that weirdo stuff. Made, you know, yep. Thrasher's going to be there. there. There's no doubt in my mind. Thrasher's going to be there. Um, I think that J-Mark gets better, right? This is 1st first, J-Mark's first race in almost two years. Um, you know, Supercross race. Uh, I'm so, sorry, a year. Um, so, yeah, I... I uh, I need to see it again, but he was impressive. Okay. He was impressive. There's no yeah, doubt. Absolutely. And also, I always have a doubt about a privateer team a little bit competing against factory teams in that class. So we need to see that those guys can hold it together and not have bike issues and all that kind of stuff, right?
2: But and go to impound after you well, get on the yeah,
1: box. yeah. Hunter, well, Hunter did it too, right? They both I know. Yeah, both <laughs> didn't go to in- impound. I guess, which is really odd to to see. Uh, Callen Brower on the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. I want to thank the folks at Decal Works, uh, really, really good, great company for your graphics from beginners to season vets, race teams, project builds, magazine tests. De- Decal Works mission is to cater to those who love to ride, upholding the true definition of quality, service, and knowledge. We had Sean in here on Monday night from Decal uh, Works, decalmx.com, promo code PULPMX23 to get 20% off. Decal Works, number one for many reasons. Speaking of, uh, um, Cooper Webb and Aaron Plessinger and, uh, um, yeah, they're using the graphics from, uh, decal work. So please check that out. Tom Vial as well. So, uh, all right, let's get into, uh, four fifties, a little bit Tampa this weekend. Uh, I don't, I know we saw those two guys break away Sexton and Tomac and they, you know, Sexton was the fastest guy and then Tomac won the main and Anderson was a bit of ways back. Kenny had an off night. I had someone tell me, is this the beginning of, you know, an outdoor, Type of breakaway. I, I'm not there. I'm not there. Where? What about you, Kellen? Do you think? And we, And the reason this person brought it up is because it's absolutely true that as the races roll on, the contenders emerge, right? And we, we see guys fall away for different reasons. But I'm not there yet. What about you?
2: Yeah, I think we need to see a few East rounds before I'm fully there. Um, I do think that that trend is a fair assessment of what normally happens where once we start going East, Uh, things start rolling quickly, but we also got to the East much faster than we normally do. Like we don't normally on the fourth round of the series end up on the East coast. So I I, I agree. I think we need to see a few East rounds, but what I would say is I'm a little bit, you know, going into the season, you said uh, on many of your shows that we're only going to see five winners, only going to see five winners. I'm almost getting to the point where maybe we even see less than that this year, because it seems as though, although there are, several different riders that have been mixed in at the front. Uh, Normally you rely on those early races to get a surprise winner or two kind of up there, like a bar show or something like that. And we haven't really seen that yet. It's been the the staple guys running up front consistently. So I think, you know, maybe we see uh, Webb get into this fight and start winning some races. And I'm sure Jason will win one too, but I I almost wonder if that's That's it. That's four. Yeah,
1: that's four. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one I think I think and Anderson win. Um Kenny's good at triple crowns. Uh but yeah, maybe we just get four. Yeah. That would be that would be bizarre a little bit, right? But um we've seen it we've seen it before. So
2: the- We have do you think that uh we see any of these other guys shine at like a Daytona at Atlanta that we haven't before. I mean, those seem like Eli tracks. So that yeah, those yeah. are like the only ones that are outliers to me. But then they're Eli tracks anyway. So. Yeah,
1: I like Eli to like a Daytona.
2: That is for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, <laughs> let's uh, let's take some phone calls, shall we? Kel- Kellen Brower from Racer X on the line. David's on too. David, what's up, man? You want to talk, Christian Craig?
3: Yes, I do. Uh, first off, I want to say. That you guys finally lured me into this uh, fantasy league, ah. guys. So I paid, and I'm playing. Yep. Yeah, I've been listening for years, and it is an angry beast, isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, w- the the f- Paul Fantasy needs a PR campaign because it, it, Kiefer was right on Monday. The, too many people are like, ah, fuck that game. I hate that game. So we got. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we we it is fun. We got to make sure people realize that it's fun. Damn I, it. I yeah, but as you go through the night
3: it's like a it's like a, a a series of emotions. So I killed it in the 250s, but I also knew that I had a ray in the 450s. Oh. So I knew that I was going to I knew I was going to pay, you know. So anyways. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so, what's up? Um, yeah, so uh with Christian Craig. So <clears throat> obviously uh, me personally just watching, uh, I love watching him ride and he he does not seem like near the comfort level that he did on the few times we saw him on the Star 450. I know it was mostly outside or whatever, but do you feel that that that'll come in time? Is it the steel frame, the aluminum frame? Would he be any different if he was on KTM as far as resources-wise as opposed to Husqvarna?
1: No, I don't think so. He stayed back in California after A2 to test, and uh, he said he felt better at Houston. He qualified the best he had. He qualified 7th. Um, which was the best we've seen so far, and then he went down, you know, first lap up the bridge, and his whole main event was screwed, right? So he says he feels better, but Houston didn't show it. Uh, What do you think, Kellen?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, as we go east and the tracks break down a little bit more, that's going to alleviate some of the issues that we've seen already with him having with that bike because he's been testing a lot on the east coast. But I do think that we're going to see a bit of a ceiling in terms of what we can expect out of him in the Whoops, I really do. I, I don't know that it's necessarily a problem that Husqvarna or KTM or anybody can really solve yet, because we've we've seen all the issues that they had last year. And, and Craig said, "Oh, you know, Malcolm made it work in the Whoops and stuff like that." But I would argue that Malcolm didn't look as comfortable in the Whoops last year as he has on uh, previous bikes that he's been on. So I, I think that yeah, I agree. there's going to be a level that he hits. That is the speed in which he can go through the whoops, or the speed in which he can push that bike to, and where that puts him i don 't know, but i don 't know that it 's exactly where he wants to be in terms of uh, comfort on the bike
1: yeah i mean I, I mean look uh, I, I made a call that I thought he was going to maybe podium a one just be that surprise guy. Um, these guys are really good, so um, maybe he 's just a f- you know five to, to ten guy, and there 's nothing wrong with that that 's a spot where a p no, has found himself no. a lot, right. Um, he definitely should be better than Savachi, I feel, and he hasn't been, uh, yeah, just because I of agree. this is poured in the bikes and everything else. And he should be more in the mix. And he feels better, so qualified seventh. Yep, he's got to do it soon, right? So <laughs> let's see this weekend. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan.
3: I just it just doesn't seem like we see the the flare riding like we did when he was on the 250f. But you know. Yep. That's different class, different bike, so and,
1: and you know okay, what? Well, and, and outdoors, and outdoors he was great. And so maybe he's also yeah, he feels a little more comfy outdoors than indoors. So Yeah, he was. Right. I agree. All right. Thanks, David. Thanks okay, for the call. Okay, thank you. All right. All right. Uh Cole's on one. Cole, what's up, man?
3: Yeah, did you see uh Dark Side
4: get punked on uh Daniel Blair's uh press day video?
1: Oh I did not, but this sounds like something I'd want to see.
4: <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, you need to check it out. What what happened? Uh, Darkside was trying to interview, uh, Lawrence and Daniel came up and took his mic out of his hand.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Love to see it. It was em- embarrassing. All right. Thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Love to see that. Jamie. Dark. Dark. <laughs> uh, Shad's on three. Shad wants to talk about pro circuit bikes. What's up, Shad?
3: Hey, how you doing, bud? Good. Um, yeah, I wanted to question the pro circuit bikes or Kawasaki in general. Like, um, let's say last year, Kate them no one was happy with the bikes can you question the cowie being with all the injuries and all the people you know getting taken out all the time the bike you know uh reacting wrong and
1: no no i don't think so i think i i don't think it's a bike issue they they, made some big improvements on that thing uh the riders were much happier uh this year from what i know i don't think it's anything to do with the bike it's just some bad luck and You know, Peyton had a lot of luck for a long time. Uh, A lot of things happened that allowed him to win a lot of races. I'm not saying that they all were lucky, but to win a championship, things have to break your way. Things have to go your way, and Peyton had that for a long time. And it's certainly swung, right? The pendulum has certainly swung. His last Supercross title, was it Justin Hill? I think it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Last outdoor AC yeah, it's it's been a tough go. Uh, I don't put anything shad on the bikes though. It's just just one of those okay. things, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, it just seems like it's it's tossing riders left and right. It's reacting wrong to everything.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not ready to to to, to blame that yet. So, thanks, man. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it's unbelievable, though, um, the, the the injuries that Mitch has suffered. Uh, Mark Mumford will be in Oakland, making his debut there, not quite 100%. And, of course, Zombie now, too. But, yeah, think about Shimoda, Hamaker, and Forkner just being healthy and ready to go, Kellen, and everything changes. Those are three race-winning guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it like you said, I, he must have had, like, 87 black cats walk in front of the PC shop or something like that because I don't know how you have – Everybody seemingly crashed in one month. Uh, I know Ryder went down a little earlier than that, uh, but then everybody just kind of imploded in in the month of January. And it's a shame because, like you said, I think it adds more intrigue to the series if we have Shimoda and Hammaker there because I think that those guys were pretty close in terms of race-winning pace to Hunter. And you take those guys away and suddenly we only have maybe two or three guys that really have that outright speed to run with Hunter. And it's a shame because it would have been a good title fight between all those guys.
1: Do you think, Hunter, I'm getting from a couple of your comments, including just now, that you think Hunter, like, wins most of these races?
2: I do just because I, I don't necessarily think that you can say anybody else in the class is really in the same kind of headspace as Hunter. Hunter is coming off a year where he almost beat Christian Craig for a Supercross title. He was really good outdoors. He expects to factor in an outdoor title this year after his brother moves up. I think you have other reasons why everybody else in the class shouldn't be there. You have Nate Thrasher with weird moments and why am I getting 15th? And then you have Jordan Smith with, I just came back from a bunch of injuries and should I be okay? And Max Nancy who's old and dropping back down to the class. Like Hunter is the most stable in his right area type of 250 class talent that I can see. And that's why it it just doesn't make sense. Why you could put someone above him. I think in a power rankings perspective, uh, let alone race winning.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Uh, him and Schmoda have kind of some beef going a little bit. That uh, really, I was really looking forward to that battle happening uh, between Schmoda and Hunter, right? But no, nah, not not going on now. But uh, that that would have been good. And I and I'm a Hammaker guy. I think Seth Hammaker is you know going to be really really good. Uh, seems to work really hard. Everybody I talk to really thinks positive of the kid. But yeah, he's hurt. He's been hurt a lot too. So yeah, Mitch Payton. Um, I think Zombie can be a top five guy. Give him a couple weeks.
2: Right. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about as this guy or as you alluded to that, you know, PC had a lot of good luck for a long time. And then we had kind of like the Geico days a little bit in the early 2010s. And now it's obviously the star days for the 250 class. Do we see any one of those other well, obviously not Geico, but maybe Honda or PC rising up to the star level eventually again? Or do you think there's going to be a different program two years from now that we're going to be like, oh man, we should have paid more attention. Look at them now.
1: Look, the, the, the motor design of the Blue Crew is an advantage. <laughs> it, it really is in the 250 class. Yeah. It, it, is, yeah. it makes more horsepower. It, 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 it's really easy to, to, to make fast. It's going to be that way. I don't see that changing. I don't think the other manufacturers are going to copy that, that design. So that gives Star guys a little leg up. I saw a stat, I think it was from Mitchie, uh, that Star and PC had won, Ribby Clinton, They'd won basically the same amount of races in the last whatever years, five or six years. But that star had outtitled them like eight to one or something like it was right. like the race wins by Mitch were good, but the titles were not there. So, you know, maybe like I said, like it takes a bit of luck to get a title and things are not, not swinging Mitch's way right now. Um, but the race wins are there. I, I don't know. I, I Maybe maybe we're all panicking a little much uh, on that. Um so
2: panic button out of the drawer for pro circuit.
1: <laughs> I don't think so, right? No, no, no panic button no but, but yeah, I think that, yeah, it could definitely be I mean, rider d is, is that the is that the hope
2: Saving grace like A c was a decade ago,
1: right? I'm just looking at the pro circuit <laughs> um, yeah, the, you know, like, yeah, they just don't have I think that was the last title was just yeah. yeah right yeah yeah, yeah it really was
2: so yeah i don't think there's been anyone since i mean ac blew that one in vegas but yep
1: yeah i don't know i i don't see i mean look i think honda once the lawrence brothers are gone i think honda will outsource that 250 program i think they're really happy right now and from what people i talk to they're, they're good but i don't see them running that forever so get the mm-hmm. lawrence brothers out of there and maybe they'll farm that thing out and you know maybe a David Aller or somebody could emerge from there um, right, with right. with a Honda team, but I don't know. I don't know, really know what well, the answer is. Yeah.
2: Doesn't Honda? I mean, Honda has Hunter till twenty twenty four and Chance until twenty five. I think right. Didn't they sign a four year deal with them? So you think that? I mean, maybe Hunter moves up after his you know, twenty-four season, whatever, and then they move Hymas out to an outsourced team? Is that what you're kind of thinking, perhaps? Yeah,
1: yeah I think Hymas would okay. go with some team, right? Um, unless he, you know, turns into – I don't think he has the same pedigree as the Lawrence brothers, maybe, but I don't think he's looked at as the same multi-time champion as those guys, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't think that that the hype for Hymas is quite as high, but certainly had a good, uh, good start. Uh, Dustin's on one. Dustin, you want to talk about Triumph? Yeah, was with the Triumph
4: not really having a title sponsor besides just Triumph, like kind of like Honda HRC. Like,
2: what kind of time frame are they looking at? On, I know they got to have so many years planned ahead, but are there's like a four or five year plan. They so would expect to have so much
4: success or title sponsors or
1: Yeah, you know, dude, you got me. I don't know anything about Triumph's plan other than they're gonna go MXGP racing um, in 24. They're going to race two fifties um, here in America in twenty four, then a four fifty program down the road. I know nothing about sponsors. I know a little bit about the bike, but they haven't announced any riders. I think Bobby Hubert will look to try to sign some of the people he's familiar with and he, that he knows and he likes. But yeah, Kellen, it's the the cone of silence around Triumph is is pretty pretty big.
2: Yeah, it is really interesting. And, and to the title sponsor thing, I I really have no idea. And to clarify too, they are doing only two fifties in uh, MXGP in twenty four as well. So it's the same. Oh, exact thing. Okay. In,
1: yeah, they're not doing MXGP. Yeah. Okay.
2: Right. MX two in twenty four, MXGP and MX two in twenty five. So exactly the same as what they're doing in in the U.S. But yeah, I don't know. It's I almost feel that the uh, the five year plan. <laughs> is changing for a lot of these programs because of what comes or doesn't come in terms of title sponsors or availability of riders like even when we look at, at Hep this year they were not going to have a Ken Roxon type of rider until Ken Roxon was available and they threw everything at him and I think that that's what changes the plans for these guys is that if, if you have a marketable guy to go get uh they're going to throw everything they possibly can at it and I wouldn't be you know surprised if Triumph did that even in the first couple of years to really try to establish agree with either the GPs or the U.S. side of things to make it known that they're here to stay.
1: Get Carmichael back out.
2: <laughs> there you go. He looks pretty We're good. He's lost some... Earlier this week, roll Ivan Tedesco back out. Yeah. Everybody
1: come back out. Yeah, around. there we go. Uh, thanks, Dustin. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, 100% uh, goggles still up for grabs. A fly racing kinetic mesh set of gear as well. Uh, all right, Kellen, uh, before I let you go here on the show, uh, I need your winners for Tampa. I need your your two class winners.
2: <sighs> winners for Tampa. Um, it's going to sound really lame, but I almost I, I think I am just rolling with Tomac and Hunter again. Uh, I, it's, I, I think that's just they're too good right now. I mean, unless Chase does something to stop the bleeding, but we got a long sand section. We know Eli Lyons. goes. Yeah,
1: it's it's uh, it's hard to criticize that uh, pick because it's pretty obvious. But um, yeah, if, or you could have went Hunter and Sexton, and that's fine also. But yeah. It's it's easy to see that. Uh, all right, man. You're not going this weekend, right?
2: Nope. Staying back. Everybody on the East Coast for Racer X is driving down or flying yeah. down to Tampa. So taking a weekend our, off.
1: Our our boss, Jason Wygant, big pre-game, pre-show, yeah. pre-race show. Yeah. yeah. Stu. Huge. Huge. Uh, all right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right, man. Thank you. All right. See you. That's Kellen Brower, everybody. Hey, rates are low. Rates are low right now. So you're looking to purchase a home in 2023 if you're a first-time buyer or investor? If you want a vacation home, if you got the money that JT does and you want a vacation home, Plum Creek Funding has programs to suit your needs. You already own a home looking to pull cash out. Contact a professional with over 25 years of experience, now with direct access to 12 different states. Zach Morris is your guy, Z-A-C-H, at PlumCreekFunding.com, 720-212-4685. Tell them uh, the Moto60 show sent you there. And again, uh, the rates are a little bit lower, so please check out PlumCreekFunding.com. For that, thank you to 100% Get, Max's, Vertex Pistons, plump King Funding, Decal Works, and the folks at Fly Racing still giving away that kinetic mesh set of gear. Uh, JT, what's up, man? How are you? I'm all right. How are you guys? We're good. Vacation home. Who has a vacation home? Zach Morris. Said if you need uh, a vacation Morris, home. Zach yeah, Morris? Yeah. He does. Unbelievable. Uh, I, barely
4: have, I barely have a first. I don't even own a home. So uh, vacation home is very, very far out of my periphery.
1: I would love a vacation home, but I don't yeah, I don't have that kind of money like Zach, I guess. So You have
4: a west wing. That's oh, kind of a vacation go. home. Here we
1: go. Uh, Tampa this weekend, big sand section down a straightaway with big whoops. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, give me some of that instead of the sand turn that we saw in uh, in Houston, JT.
4: Yeah, I know that was your uh your preferred setup. Um, the track design's all right i I'm very concerned about the weather though uh, it does oh. not look it does not look favorable so um, anything can happen right and Weege has taken many a w by uh sticking to his guns on all it has to do is not rain within that you know five to ten o'clock window pretty much mm-hmm. um, but it it really doesn't look good so I'm hoping for the best uh, we have dodged more bullets than not um, so maybe we just continue that streak but uh, between Friday and Saturday, it's definitely going to rain. I just don't know if it's going to come after they take the tarps off or not. That's that's always the key.
1: Is this just not the Florida rain at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock? No, or, no, no. Okay. All right.
4: Yeah, so I, I wrote about this a little bit today in, in a column that will come out tomorrow. But, you know, Florida rain this time of year is, is always attached to a weather system. Um, you know, there's not enough humidity. We don't get the afternoon showers until maybe like April. So, you know, this is a weather front that's coming through. It's going to rain Friday and Saturday, um, which means, it's, you know, it's definitely going to rain. It's not, it's not going to be that afternoon pattern type stuff where it's really hit and miss.
1: I look forward to uh, you again, and Leage battling it out. Yeah.
4: Well, I, I've, I've completely given up on trying to best Leach in this category. He's simply too good. Uh, but um, it, it always comes down to the same thing he says. So once they take the tarps off, which they're going to do sometime, Wait on Saturday. Does it rain after that or not? That's always the answer.
1: Right, right. Uh, fair enough. Hey, uh, Dylan Ferrandez, bad crash uh, in Houston. Uh, Instagram said he hopes to be back at Oakland. Dude, he was out for a while. I'm not. I'm not going to second guess. Yeah, I'm not going to guess the second guess the doctors. They are working with him and his concussion protocol and his tests and everything else. But if he comes back at Oakland, count me as a bit surprised.
4: Well, I think we just have to follow the science, right? I mean, we all we all know what we saw. Um, and, and that was scary and not comforting in any way. But if he takes the concussion test and everything looks like it's back to normal, I, I guess you just have to go off the science. Um, oh, yeah. No, no, I'm I, saying, I like... I don't know what else we can do.
1: I'm just surprised. Like, when you're out for that long and everybody reacts differently and everybody has different, you know, recoveries and symptoms and all of that stuff, uh, I just, yeah, I would have thought, thought, oh, he's going to be out for, you know, he's had some traumatic brain injury here. He's going to be out for, you know a while, but yeah, hey, hopefully he's back in Oakland, for sure. Yeah, I mean,
4: I think common sense all says the same thing you're saying, but again, if you're wanting to be out there, and I'm sure he does, right, he's going to be like, as soon as I pass that test, I'm racing. Yep. They don't have any recourse to tell him no. You know, unless Yamaha steps in and says, hey, let's not do this. Let's give it some time. I think that's the only way that you won't see him out there as soon as he passed that concussion test.
1: All right, four rounds down, two winners, two winners, Usually we get some – Kellen had a great point earlier. Usually the weirdo winners come early in the year. Uh, We did see Marv at Salt Lake last year, but usually that happens. So are we seeing – and Mookie, potential race winner out, Dylan, maybe, you know, a guy that we thought could sneak a win maybe, Uh, all this kind of stuff. So are we going to have four winners? Because I think you and I would agree that Coop and Anderson get one each, maybe more. Mm -hmm. Are we just going to have four this year? Who else?
4: It's really tough, man. You know, I think the most problematic scenario here is that Eli and Chase are so good. Um, that, to me, is, is the biggest uh, naysayer to adding more than four. Uh, because not only do you need, you know, Cooper and Anderson to not have their stuff together, but you need something really uh, dramatic to happen to Chase or Eli for them to also not be there. And I worry that those guys are going to start separating themselves uh, even further. And I I was on a a broadcast call. I'm not even working television this weekend, but I was on the call and James Stewart and Ricky went on for quite a while, kind of debating the Tomac Sexton mental battle and how that would play out and shape up. And they were using references to their their own battles back in, you know, years ago. And I agreed with them on some things and I, and I disagreed on others. Um, They were, Concerned that Sexton didn't take advantage of the opportunity there, and that spoke to maybe he's not ready to take that next step. Um, I'm I'm not there. I, I kind of would push back against their take there a little bit. And they, you know, I maybe I shouldn't, but uh, my opinion is that he showed a lot of poise. Um, he couldn't figure out the sand. That's obvious, and he was very transparent about that. He, he admitted that.
3: But immediately
4: after the race. He went over and looked at it and said, okay, this is what he was doing. This is what I should have tried. This is where I should have gone. Um, And and also, he was very transparent in the fact that if it had been a year ago, he would have just said, screw it, I'm going to do what he's doing, and and if I crash, I crash. And he knows that's not how you win championships. Um, I think he was frustrated with his inability to change lines and figure things out in the middle of the race. But I am kind of on the other side as far as he's not ready to take the next step. Uh, between the mental fortitude he's showing and just being able to bounce back and accept that he didn't get it done, try to figure out where it went wrong, where he could have been better, and also, you know, the maturity of like, hey, okay, I'm just going to have to get second because this isn't going to plan. Um, And then you factor in just how fast he is, too. Like, there's no way that speed is not going to get him several wins this year. It's just, you know, barring injury. You cannot go that fast without winning several times. Well, I would, um, so to, yeah. your, to your question, I I just see too many good guys that are going to hold back um, this random winner because we lost. You know, Mookie was one that I think could have done it, and, he, and he's out now. So where is it going to come from?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I would look at the race. Roxen, he, yeah, maybe maybe Roxxon can he do it? Yeah, triple crown, a triple crown. Um,
4: I, I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think Kenny's out of shape. You know, he just needs to he needs to look like his best self and that was not there at Houston. You know, he, it was at A2, but he's going to need his best self and he's going to need things to go his way.
1: I would use the Houston race not as a thing not as a chance to say, "Oh, Chase can't make it happen." I would say, "Look what Eli Tomac did." And that's two different things, yeah. right? Like saying Chase cracked or can't handle it, can't take advantage of the opportunity is one thing. I would say, "Look at Eli Tomac, man. That's that's <laughs> yeah. awesome because that speed that he was facing was a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Um,
4: yeah. And I, I, I think he was very, very down after the heat race. Like, I think he was frustrated. I think he was discouraged. And had Chase gotten by him right when he got to him in the main event, I think he checks out again. I really do. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that he held him off for just a lap or two, it, it completely changed the face of the race. And then, you know, as Eli said himself, everything changed, you know, quote unquote, everything changed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get some phone calls here. First up is uh, on two, Jordan. Jordan, you want to talk about Chase Sexton? Yeah, I just um, – you mentioned recently that about the move to KTM. I'm wondering if you can expand
4: on that a little bit, and then I'm curious what both of you guys have um, as far as how he's how that's going to go.
1: What do you got going on in the background there, JT? <laughs> yeah, there's a plane landing. Sorry, I'm outside. Jeez. Like landing that's at WPS?
4: Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well – yeah, we're right next
1: to airport. Okay. Uh, anyways. Where are we, not,
4: where are we uh, breaking the sound
3: uh, limit?
1: Yeah. For, for, uh, for, uh, Jordan, yeah, I, I just think Sexton will go to KTM next year. Uh, I think that deal is maybe not done. Uh, there'll be some sort of you know um, right to match for Honda. They won't match because that's not how things work. Uh, Chase will, you know, if he wins the championship, he'll get some kickers in his salary. But yeah, I look for him to be Red Bull KTM next year.
2: And in the past, it seems like specifically the switch to those bikes takes a a year or two to to
4: get comfy on. Do, do you did, think this is did, the right thing for him mid career, or kind of as he's reaching the peak of his
1: career? Didn't take Cooper Webb, you know, a year, right? He looked looked better than ever when he sw- when he made a switch. Um, so I don't necessarily agree with the taking the time to make a switch, but yeah, I, I I don't like it. I think look, he he made the decision, in my opinion, when he was frustrated with the bike. And him and Kenny were having issues with whoops and everything else, and you know things got better in the outdoors. Things looked good this year, so you know. But these guys, they don't want to play second fiddle. They want to be the number one guy on the team. And when you look at the force that is Jet Lawrence, you know, I think that the, the uh, Chase and his dad looked at that and were like, oh, "We want to be the guy. We want to be the number and one also, guy." Yeah.
4: Also, you had Kenny sitting there too. You know, Kenny. Kenny was. I don't want to say he was the man, but at that time, Kenny had just won a one. He had been there for five years and it's hard to say that he wasn't one of, you know, the biggest names in the sport at the time. So yeah, I, I didn't mean to cut your point off, but I I think you nailed it. KTM was very opportunistic and literally everything about that situation has changed since that decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, but I don't, so I don't look. I was on a team with with Reed Villeman and Ferry, who all thought they were the guys, right? Until Chad started kicking their ass. So it can work. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't see the reasoning to to want to be the only number one rider on your team. I don't understand that uh, why you're leaving a great situation. But yeah, hey, uh, right, we'll don't, s- don't you
4: think? Don't you think though? KTM was was just so well executed in their play here. They sent that Chase was unhappy and they needed a guy, right? They knew that Cooper's what, you know, he was not having a good year and I'm sure they were wondering how long Cooper would be, would be around anyway. And I would bet they went all hands on deck to make him make Chase Sexton feel like he was the next guy. Right. Yeah. And you look at how they've always steered their team. They've always had that guy, whether it's Dungy or whoever, it's been Webb for the last few years, but they could paint such a great picture of just building this entire team around mm-hmm. Chase Sexton. And at that time, that's exactly what Chase Sexton needed to hear.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, it was a uh, good job by those guys. Jordan, uh, you want a pair of goggles or a set of kinetic mesh gear from Fly Racing?
2: Oh, if I I just got a new bike. So if I could get that set of gear, that would be amazing.
1: All right. So, stay on the line, all right. Thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate your insight. Thank you. Uh, kinetic mesh, simply amazing. Especially it's getting, getting hot now, February 8th, it's warming up uh all right tom's on three tom what's up man
0: hey steve wondered if you caught the live timing on saturday night did you watch the replay
1: yeah i did watch the replay yeah
0: i think this is the worst i've ever seen it
1: oh honestly i wasn't really looking i was watching the race and doing my column at the same time so i didn't notice i mean it's bad all the time right like there's there's not any point where it kind of works like what are you talking about the riders just jumping around Or,
0: yeah, yeah, it was up down at one point. It said second was six seconds and then it was point 1.2 and then it was seven. I mean, it was, it was just the whole race. I was blown away. It was worse than I've ever seen it.
1: I honestly didn't notice it this weekend, but it's bad all the time. Right. I don't know what goes on. Um, I guess not all the time is the right phrase, but yeah, it's all over the place a lot. So I honestly just was like, okay, whatever. Like I already knew what, who finished where. So maybe I wasn't looking at the times. Right. Um, I didn't notice it. I'll be honest. But yeah, I don't know what gotcha. I don't I mean honestly, you figure JT he took the money, you figure he'd go in there and fix the live timing, but I guess not. I don't I don't know. I don't. I don't know how hard it is. What's going on? With I this. don't know how
4: it could get worse than, than some of the outdoor events I've seen. Oh yeah, no, like, I'm no. not <laughs> sure how it could pop. It was no, up there. It,
1: it can't be worse than outdoors. No chance. It would have to have like a different, <laughs> different,
4: different names of athletes in other sports <laughs> in the top. LeBron,
1: LeBron. Like
4: Tiger Woods running forward. <laughs> like it would have to be something like that to be worse.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I mean, Tom, you could always be like, oh, it's better than outdoors. So,
0: I, I'm not going there. I don't think. I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it was. But no. other question I had, real quick. Yep. On Sexton, JT, you mentioned he said in two or three different races this year he has struggled to adapt throughout the main. Is that something he can pick up, or is that just an inherent skill that you have? We know Cooper Webb has that. Is Sexton going to be able to learn that, or does he just need to have that and not have it?
4: I think he can get better. Um, I don't think he's going to just somehow become one of the best to ever do it. Um, Chad Reed was phenomenal at it. He, he can watch James Stewart pull out some rhythm that he had not done and, and like lap 12, like, oh, you did it, okay, I'm going to do it. Like That's not normal. Most guys can't do that. Um, Ricky was great mid-race at changing his lines, and it's something I actually want to talk to him about on a broadcast, so maybe I'll get a chance this season. But I used to follow Ricky on the hot lap, uh, especially for motocross races, for one specific reason. Anytime Ricky would get a hole shot, he would go wide open, like psycho fast, in the roughest, fastest part of the track. Because oftentimes the roughest part of the track was also the fastest line. You just couldn't do it for very long. And get a gap. He would pull his lead. And then on the hot lap, he would, like, cut these lines in. When I say cut them in, he would, like, burn the clutch and spin the rear tire to, like, cut a rut out of an existing rut if that makes sense and then he would come back to that three four five laps in and he would go around to all the bumps because he had already built his gap and then he would just ride his own race on the smoothest parts of the racetrack using that line he had cut in so there are guys that are like that that are just phenomenal otherworldly ability at doing that i don't think chase is ever going to get to that level but if he can simply get to a place where he can watch somebody, what they're doing, and then integrate that into his game, I think that's enough because he has all the other tools. Like He doesn't have to be the best ever to do that. He just needs to be able to be, uh, I guess, situationally aware of what's happening and not let it ruin his race like it did
0: in, uh, in Houston.
1: All right, Tom, you want a pair of 100% goggles?
0: Uh, I I feel bad taking them, Steve. I won a pair a few months ago.
1: Okay. All right. Thanks for being honest, buddy. Thank you. Yep, thanks, guys. Thanks for calling. Could have, could have sold them on eBay, uh, but we appreciate that. Speaking of 100% goggles, as a San Diego-based company, the 100% brand has been synonymous with American motocross uh, since the 1980s. They've been linked to many iconic moments that have helped build the sport of modern motocross today, the brand's awareness uh, in motocross. You see it with Jet Lawrence and everybody else. But downhill mountain bike, BMX, MotoGP, MLB, snowboarding, and more, uh, 100% is a generation of racers asking themselves the original tagline, how much effort do you give? Thank you to the folks at 100%. Get Maxis, Plum Creek Funding, Vertex Pistons, Decal Works, and, of course, Fly Racing, flyracing.com as well. Uh, Justin Cooper, JT, rode really well, passed Roxton on the last lap, got a seventh. Um, I don't understand this program, but it's here. We're doing it. Um, yeah, good rock, good debut for Justin Cooper. I mean, you know the level gets raised each week. It, it really does, and and he jumped in there and was, had good endurance and good speed and good job for Justin Cooper and the, and the star guys.
4: Yeah, that was, that was a great way to start it. Um, honestly, he was better than I thought he would be. Uh, to, to think he was going to pass Ken Roxon on the last lap, was I just didn't think that's how it was going to go. So I give him a ton of credit. Um, his start wasn't ideal either. He was kind of on the outside. Um, so it wasn't the proverbial get a great start and then move backwards type 7th. So, yeah, I, I have nothing but, uh, but positives for him to to take away from that race. Great job from him.
1: Did it make you think he could get some top fives at some point? It's
4: possible. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. You know, he's going to need to start, I think, to do it. I think he would have to get up there and battle, and then maybe he gets shaken out of that top-tier pace, but then he holds on to a, a fifth. Uh, but just because you look at the field, man, it is so damn deep. Mm-hmm. You know, it, if he got 10th this weekend, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, so it's just that kind of field right now. Well, you know what, what yeah. could happen, though, is if we get some injuries the Field thins out and he hangs around, it'll get a lot easier for him late in the year.
1: But we don't know what races he's doing, so we're That's not sure. True. We do not. <laughs> we, we do, do not. not. We don't know when he's showing you'd up next. Think <laughs> it's,
4: yeah, you'd have to think it would be less later in the year than more, right?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to race this weekend with no Ferrandis, but you know, after that, I guess we'll see. I don't. I don't quite get this program, but who knows? You know, we. we No, I was
4: going to say. I think the goal here is to win the two hundred and fifty Pro Motocross Championship. That is the goal for him, above all else. So I I would think they're going to steer all of their decisions around making sure he's ready for that.
1: You know, we saw Colt Nichols get a sixth at the opener, and no offense to Colt, but he's been nowhere near there since then. He's kind of settled it. Settled in a spot. Is this? Is that a Justin Cooper thing too? You think? I don't know. It's a good
4: question, but it, it didn't feel the same to me. I, you know, Colt Nichols. When I watched his A one ride, it was so bizarre because he was more just kind of withstanding the attrition around him. Like he, he I never really saw him pass anyone. It, it was just hang in there, don't crash, don't make mistakes, and then when everybody else is screwing up around you, just put in consistent laps. I didn't feel that way about Justin Cooper's ride. Cooper looked to be on the pace, and he really never dropped off. He never really got pushed back by anyone. Um, I thought he actually kind of belonged to be in that seventh and eighth place spot.
1: All right. Fair enough. Uh, Switching to 250 class. Who's more for real, Anstey or VL? I'm going to say
4: VL, um, but it's going to be situational because I think if we have races where the whoops are brutally tough, VL is going to suffer. I don't know what to make of Max Fancy. I really don't. He looks so great. Fly racing zone? Uh, I, I'm just gonna, yeah. yeah, yeah, he looks phenomenal. I, I just don't know if that's what I should expect every week or not because it's it was way above my expectation. So congrats. I, I don't have anything but more questions like you know, can you can you sustain that? I don't know. I hope so. But I think Vial will be he'll be fantastic at any race that doesn't have really nasty whoops. You know, if we get a few rounds on this east coast of whoops like we had last year at a few rounds, I think you're going to see him really suffer. Because uh, I got to go down and stand in the whoops just before the LCQ, I think. Whenever my uh, on-track uh, stuff was going on, I- I'm trying to remember exactly where that was. But uh, they weren't that tough. Um, I was actually looking at them like, man, I could, I could hit these reasonably well. Um, so thinking about how that worked out for Vial, he was, I don't want to say lucky, he doesn't have any control over that. I think he was fortunate to not have a brutally tough track with whoops to start the season, uh, and we'll see if we get some of those rounds, and, and maybe we won't on the East Coast, but I would have a feeling we're going to run into a couple rounds where the whoops are just really big, really tall, and you have to blitz them. That's going to be his biggest challenge.
1: All right, yeah. I, I think the, I mean, look, we're four rounds down. We're not getting those whoops that we had last year. I think there's a mandate a little bit to not have the big whoops that we saw last year. By, by the teams and, and Dirtworks and Feld yep. and everybody. so Yeah, yeah they're going to be tough.
4: But but also, you know, had they not rolled them, rolled them in after time qualifying this weekend, they would have been really difficult uh, at the night show. They, the end of practice versus what they turned into for the night show was a wildly different scenario. So uh, that, that, to me, is where it's going to hinge, is, is how much work they do before the night show each week.
1: All right, last call here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show from Chad. Chad, what's up, man? Hey man, how are you guys doing?
3: Good. Good. Hey, I just went wondering, at one point Sexton made a comment that he really enjoys racing against Tolmac because they race clean with each other. Do you think the two of those use that as a run together to the front and separate, or do you think at some point Chase is going to start throwing it in and giving a little Barsha style to Tolmac back?
1: I do not think so. JT?
4: No, I, I don't think I think there's a ton of shared respect there. Um, I, I don't feel like they have any interest in riding rough with each other um i think you know their battle last summer created a a ton of of just professional respect and then working together on team usa certainly did nothing but and bolster that um and I, i think they're both you know sexton probably looks up to tomac on some levels and tomac is looking at Sexton like man you're you're a real problem here in my uh my you know the years i'm supposed to be riding off into the sunset
1: Um, Also, like after San Diego, when Barsha took Sexton down, I I I asked Chase about it, and he was like, "I'm not, I wasn't going." He was catching Barsha, right? And uh, Sexton was like, "I wasn't going to do anything. I'm not, I'm not, not going, not getting in those games with Barsha." So, you know, when it came to Barsha, he wasn't going to ride aggressively to a guy who knocked him down, right? So, words of a champion. Yeah, exactly. So, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, JT, uh, look, Kellen came on and said it's going to be Hunter Lawrence and Eli Tomac winning Tampa, and I can't say much about that, but give us your picks. That, that, that's pretty obvious.
4: Yeah, I'm going to go with Hunter again. He, he just looked the part. Um, he looks really calm. Uh, you know, there were people on the broadcast team that were wondering how Hunter would handle the pressure of being the favorite. I don't, I don't know of a series ever where he's gone, gone in being the, the favorite to win the title. And he seemed fine uh, talking to him on the podium after his heat race. Like he was more interested in promoting his rally towel than he was anything else. Like he just didn't seem unfazed uh, by anything. So I like him to, uh, to kind of keep it going and to be the guy in this series. And uh, I'll go with Sexton to win this weekend. I, uh, I I can't tell you enough about how much he impressed me with just his poise and attitude. And he, he should have been so Angry with himself and so frustrated after that main event for not winning. And he was more interested in, in diagnosing why it happened so he could make sure it didn't happen again than anything else. So it just, uh, I, I was very impressed by his maturity. So I'll, uh, I'll go with Sexton.
1: All right. Fair enough. Uh, we will uh, do the Pulp Fantasy podcast this afternoon. And then uh, I'll see you at Tampa, man. Thanks for calling in. Take okay, care. All right. See you. Yeah. That's Fly Racing's Jason Thomas. We are going to take the third caller, 702 586 7857 for the goggles. Third caller for the 100% goggles. Give us a call. Tits, great work over there. You're welcome. Really brought it today. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, you bring new, every week it's new levels. Every week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you to Vertex Pistons, Decal Works, Plum Creek Funding, Maxis, 100% Get, and FlyRacing.com.